Yes, it's the You Should Know About This Podcast, episode three. My name's Jonathan. I'm Flo. And I'm Rashid. Yeah, man, we're here. Episode three. I think this is the first time that you're actually using your full name. Wow. Should I have said Florine? (laughs) Uh, Did I even say Jonathan or John? What did I I say? I think you said Jonathan. Okay, cool. All good, all good. But yeah, guys, today, happy to have you. It's uh, third time lucky with us, but we won't go into all the stress that it took to get this podcast off the ground or this episode shall i say today we're gonna talk about code switching cultural differences and having imposter syndrome in the workplace what is code switching because when i came to london i did not know the concept of code switching some does anybody want to explain code switching i see code switching as you you change into your environment depending on who's around you or or what you're doing as for me i think it heavily depended on you know my background and where i was from coming into an area full of people very much not like me making more money than me having hobbies and interests that i could not afford growing up and trying to play to the room so i don't stand out as much Mm. So me playing to the room is is me code switching. That's how I see it. I think in a simple way, I think code switching is just like, yeah, switching up your language, switching up your tone and your delivery. And that sounds quite like simple, but then when you do it, it almost feels like you're a different person sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, or, or that you're trying to be a different person because it's not always natural. So I think that's why... That's why code switching is such a big thing amongst us, especially in the workplace, because sometimes we feel like we have to almost be different or portray a certain type of person or personality in order to be accepted. Um, so, yeah. What about you, Flo? Like, what do you, what's your feelings on code switching? Well, I wasn't really familiar with, with the concept of code switching just because um, well, I grew up in a white society and was very much like culturally culturally would very much kind of um associate with that as well so for me going to a working environment i wouldn't necessarily feel like i'm changing the way that i am mm. i can't finish that thought i'm not quite sure <laughs> i'm not quite sure actually so you never felt like you had to change no because i do but but not culturally if that makes sense yeah i very much understand the cultural background of the environment that i'm in Mm -hmm. because it's very familiar to me Mm. but i i'm not sure if that is even kind of like part of the definition of code switching it's like trying to be yeah i'm I'm still kind of trying to trying to figure out what it actually means because on some level everybody um assimilates or um, kind of adapts into the environment that they're in. Like, w- surely we're different with friends than we're than we are with our parents and we are with our yeah. work colleagues. Exactly. But what what about it is code switching in particular? And also, I guess like amongst people of color, we talk about it quite often, and it's it's a very understood and known thing. I'm trying to th- figure out what about it makes it code switching rather than just adapting or assimilating. I mean, it just depends how you see code switching, like. 
code switching doesn't necessarily have to be a negative thing or have to have negative connotations because like you say like I'm not going to speak to like my friends the way I'd speak to like an elderly woman or that I've just met or you know my grandparents or my parents do you know what I mean like yeah we always adapt to to the person we're speaking to you could say that's code switching that but that's not necessarily wrong or or bad I guess it's just always interesting when your race or your or your culture becomes a factor in in the code switching I think do you think everybody code switches or or is yes. code switching a, a thing for people of color particularly no I think I think everyone code switches like um you know I think um funnily enough as well I think it's it's a class thing actually and it depends on your environment and I say that to say let's say advertising is very white middle class so if I'm a white middle class man coming into the advertising industry, I might not need to really code switch as much mm-hmm. because this is my environment that I've always kind of grown up in, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I'm a working class white man, I might feel the need to code switch, sound quote unquote more clever and educated to to fit in. Do you know what I mean? So. Yeah. I think it's really depends on the environment. Just as like, if I'm a, let, let's say I'm a, uh, what's like a a high class or upper class white man, and then I go into an industry that's predominantly working class, that that high class white man might feel the need to to code switch in order to feel just feel comfortable and just navigate their day to day lives. Um, mm. But I guess. In our industry, just for context, our industry, which is majority white middle class, our need to code switch, I think, is heightened even more just because of that fact um, and the fact that, obviously, we're people of colour as well. And, I mean, all three of us have separately grown, I guess, up in, in, in different type of cultures. I And after listening to what you guys are saying, it just feels that, go back to your point, flow of everyone code switches to a degree. 100% but I feel like when your race or your culture is at times seen as unprofessional or not right for the workplace should the workplace not be adapting to a, a new generation of workers instead of it being that we need to fit into a a mold and yeah there's there's levels to it there's you know you wouldn't act like this compared to your friends mm. totally get it but there's certain levels where I'm just like, but this is who I am. Yeah. I am being respectful and, you know, my mannerisms or how I talk or act or what I talk about isn't seen as professional to you because the majority of you have decided this is not a cool thing to do. But, you know, things are changing, you know. So I feel like there's levels to you should be professional, but at, at what extent are you professional to when it's like I'm losing everything I am as a person of colour yeah. or connected to my my old working class background and my area that I, my state I was brought up on you know there's levels to it and yeah. that's that's what I find difficult to respect or understand yeah no you know what it is about professionalism it's that um obviously it's subjective and obviously being in England it's a white country and so professionalism over here in this country is obviously rooted in English culture 
and so obviously English culture is quite specific um, and you know being a person of colour me specifically being um, Nigerian or Nigerian origin I guess you could say that you know there's some aspects to those two cultures that clash so like just for instance Nigerians can be quite direct and English people can be quite subtle and indirect so if I'm being direct in the workplace it may be seen as like extremely unprofessional um, depending on the situation of course so yeah it's just it's really just depends on what your what your cultural background is really I find that so interesting because in my mind especially you know not having grown up in the UK to me even just you saying English culture mm. and and disassociating from it at the same time I don't quite get it because I'm like, but did, like, didn't, didn't all of you grow up in the UK? And didn't yeah. all of you go through the same school system? And didn't all of you kind of like learn the same way of being, the same way of prof like being professional? Where is, where is the difference? Because it's not like, you know, it's not like you, you grew up in a, I, I guess, like Nigerian working environment. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it's, it's true. But I guess that's where there's that limbo of I've grown up in a Nigerian household my whole life. Do you know what I mean? Mm, exactly. My family, my family are Nigerian, but then I go to school and I get the mix. So it's like, I'm not going to say I'm like completely 100% like Nigerian in that sense. Mm. Like it's funny, if I go to Nigeria, they'll tell me, oh, I'm an English boy. But then obviously in the UK, they'll be like, oh, you're Nigerian or, you know, mm. you're black so you're you're different. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So it's like, you're not, you're not quite 100% Nigerian, you're not quite 100% English. And so I guess I've got a mixture of the two. So, yeah, just to answer your question, it's it's not that I completely can't assimilate to to the English environment. Of course I can. I was born born and raised here, do you know what I mean? And mm. I understand it. And I've actually naturally taken some of those traits as well. But my thing is still taking some of those uh, typically Nigerian traits as well there's going to be those times where you you start to question yourself, especially yeah. in a work environment. That's very interesting. And also, yeah, the fact that you don't see it as your own is very interesting. Where, where do you guys think um, code switching starts? Like, is it something that happens kind of in school? Because you said, you know, I grew up in in you, whichever culture like people grow up in and then they go to school and then that's where you kind of are exposed to the the you know british mm. school system whatever you know whatever but do you think it starts there or it, is it work environment specific and how do you then how do you get the cue to code switch like what makes you feel like you know this is how i need to behave and and what sort of way like how do you know how to behave how do you know yeah. how to code switch? That's a good question. I don't know if I'd say school because obviously a lot of the time at school you gravitate to people who are like you and are like-minded. So you feel like you can 100% be yourself without sort of pretending. But I would say when you're in places of like authority, I guess. Um, so maybe amongst my friends at school, I was just myself. But if it was one-on-one -on -one with a teacher, I might behave a bit differently obviously the majority of the time I was with my friends at school so that's why the work environment is a bit different because you're chucked into a place where you know you don't necessarily have friends 
and it's like meant to be you know the peak of the professional environment when you're working yeah i don't know i, I definitely wouldn't say the work environment is the first place where where i experienced or i had to code switch but it's definitely the most significant place where you have to code switch just because you're there from typically nine to five nine to six and you're sort of embedded in this environment five days a week so it's a lot sometimes in other places you're only there for one specific thing and you're not necessarily there all the time so you don't feel like you necessarily have to put on an act uh, consistently mm. what about you rush do you remember when you were kind of conscious of having to code switch if if at all yeah, I'm not going to say no names, but uh, yes, <laughs> I very much do. Uh, I think it was definitely further in my professional career when you start seeing people in higher places and you kind of like, I aspire to be there one day. Mm. And then you kind of heed their words harder than you would any a teacher's. You know, you're like, okay, I trust them because of where they are in their life, that this is how I should move. So that's when I start code switching. Mm. And you can see who's doing well, you know. I'm doing quotations right now, but you can <laughs> see who's doing well uh, because they are acting a certain way. So you're like, hey, effort. This is what I gotta do. This is what I gotta do. Mm. Obviously, the older I am now, I'm still young, but I I've leaned back into my old ways of who I, I am because I can now, mm. you know. And I don't think I'd ever change the fact that I code switch because that's just how the game is. Really, truly, yeah. you know, yeah. you're really, you're really in foreign land, and you know, going back to your, of course, I was brought up here, exchange all that, but it still the workplace feels so foreign. Definitely mm. feel like you're not like anyone else, and I feel like I, in school I felt very safe, you know, and also my schooling was very diverse, so that was like an enjoyable place for me. I, I never once felt like like an alien. In, in school you yeah. know so yeah the mm. workplace is shit really <laughs> true, I'm honest with you like it's real with you man it's like it's not yeah. it's what, what I was thinking is how how much of a how much of a role do you think representation then plays when it comes to code switching because if you say oh I'm I'm you know I'm looking at a certain person and this is what I'm what is modeled to me that I need to kind of aspire to if you know, if someone now looks at a rash and comes from a similar background, do you think they, they might not necessarily feel like they have to code switch anymore? Ooh, that would be ideal, you know? <laughs> that, that's really the goal. <laughs> Everybody uh, should look at me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I definitely want to... I didn't have a lot of people to look up to. If there was a rash in places I've worked, that would make me feel more confident to be myself, mm-hmm. you know? Mm. I feel like I'm quite a dope person right now. So I'd be a great person to. You I know, disagree. Mirror to each his own. Damn, <laughs> Damn that's crazy. No, but um, yeah, I think that's why it means so much, you know. Mm. And I feel like people just really they downplay us, like just work hard and do you. And I'm like, man, like these small things that people take for granted for, and I'm just like, man, it, it matters to me because I don't have it around me, and I yeah. never used to have it around me, you know. Because when yeah. people have it so much, they don't notice it. No, I completely agree and. You know, Rash, I'm going to use you as an example, you know. When I come into Mother, I felt like Rash was the person that I could be most myself with automatically. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. as soon as I came in the door. Like, I didn't have to 
suss him out, do you know what I mean? Or yeah. see see if he would accept me for who I am. It kind of was just quite instant. Like, I could just be like, yo, what's going on? Like, just be myself. It's like, basically give him my story in a way or just let him know where I'm coming from, just who I am as a person. And it was pretty much accepted instantly. And like him, it was reciprocated as well. Like, he could do the same with me. And then instantly it just gives you that confidence to just go about your job almost with like a weight off your shoulder like oh, okay that's that's one less person I have to sort of try and almost impress or do you know what I mean like I didn't need to impress him I could just be myself and it was accepted however it was and that's why I think representation is super important in the workplace and it's kind of it's so underrated man it's so underrated well, I was gonna ask you like when you started working in London, did you notice it more as a thing? Or did you kind of... Did, yeah, did you have a new lens on being re- represented in, in the workplace? Or did you just feel like it's, it's normal, it's like the everyday thing? I mean, when I started working, I, I think we were maybe four or five people of colour in the office. Like, like, not many. But when I started, I was like, oh my God just the fact that there were other people of color in the office to me was like, this is the most diverse place that I've ever worked in. (laughs) (laughs) I've always, always been the, the, the only one ever, like in, in all places at school, in like my friendship circle. Um, so for me, that was a really, yeah, that, that was, I was like, this is the most diverse place I've ever worked in. But then obviously kind of learning about London and also just learning about work culture, you, you realize that, yeah, people see you in a certain way because of the way you look. And that was kind of my way into just exploring, I guess, everybody else's stories, like everybody, like all the other people of color stories as well. And then just understanding where it comes from. In the beginning, I didn't understand why, first of all, all the terms that are, that are associated with, I guess, anything diversity and inclusion related but and then also I was like well it just seems like there's a lot of complaining happening I'm not you know like I'm not gonna lie like it's I it was a it was a learning curve for me where I had to I had to put myself into other people's shoes but then also understand how people saw me and it 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 definitely took a while um I read why I'm no longer talking to white people about race Mm. um that was very educational for me. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask, what was that spark? What was that moment of realisation? Or was there a moment? Yeah. Um, it was actually another person at my old workplace um, that was mixed race as well. And <laughs> so th- this is how, I guess this is how deep it goes. I didn't know that he was mixed race because I- I've never really seen anybody else that was mixed race. So <laughs> I didn't, I didn't think of, us as similar (laughs) Mm -hmm. so when he pointed that out to me because i i think i showed him a deck once and just kind of to sense check and he was like well this is really offensive and this should be offensive to you i was like why why and we just started having this conversation and and with me kind of i guess caring about this other person that also looked like me that was kind of the the switch in 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 my mind because i was like i clearly I'm not seeing the things that I should be seeing and maybe I should just go away and kind of, yeah, educate myself. But it didn't, yeah, it didn't come naturally. It it came through conversation. You said something the other day, actually, um, that I think is worth bringing up as well. I think it was you, Jonathan, 
Or was it? No, I think it was you, Rash, when you mentioned that. <laughs> when you mentioned that when Jonathan started, you felt like you could, you guys could kind of share the str- like struggles, like even if it's just you know I have a qu- I have a question about something that I wouldn't necessarily ask someone else, and I thought that was very interesting. Everything Jonathan said before, hand in hand, agree. You know, it very much felt like yeah, there's just this weird insecurity for me where I just don't want to show weakness to certain people. And I just didn't feel that way with Jonathan, not because of his level in his career, because there's other similar people working with me who I can talk to. It just as, as a person of colour, I just felt like there's an energy or vibe, like you don't feel a judge judgmentalness. I'm not saying people judge me. I don't want to say that. <laughs> but it's just like, I just feel quite fearless with people of colour. Yeah. To just yeah. trust that there's there's, there's goodness in, in uh, if he says anything about my work or feedback, I know it, it comes from a good place. Yeah. yeah. You know? Mm. That comes from what we talked about before, like representation and ultimately the imposter syndrome that we mm. come into in the workplace as people of colour. Like, obviously, I've, I think, you know, I've, I've seen so many people speak about having imposter syndrome and they're not just people of colour, do you know what I mean? Or they're not just male or female like they're they're from all different backgrounds but i think when you're a person of color and you're dealing with imposter syndrome you're always you always well for me personally you feel like your race is going to play a factor in the way your work is perceived how you're just going to be treated like within the workplace and it's quite nerve-wracking and you try to maneuver in a way so that you don't mess up or you don't want to look like you need help almost because Mm. you feel like it's going to be used against you and obviously you don't want to play into any stereotypes as well so you know you might have the stereotype of oh you know i don't know black people are lazy Mm. or you probably find yourself working unnecessarily hard maybe you know working unnecessary hours just to prove that you don't fall into that lazy stereotype category and so that it won't be used against you um, in the long run. I was just um, going to add to that, like a big thing about that is also just asking questions when you're not sure about something. I, like that, that's a big thing for me. Like just being comfortable with saying I don't know this. Yeah. I think a lot of people can probably um, kind of empathize with that as well, because um, I think it's not just like it's not just something that people of color have, but mm. sp- specifically, I think if you're the only person, you don't, you know, you you kind of feel like you represent a bigger community and you don't want to let anybody down. You don't want to seem stupid, which mm. is a stereotype that we often carry. You just don't ask questions and then that will then lead to you not being able to do the job in the way that you, you're meant to be doing it. So it's, yeah. it's almost like a, a vicious cycle. Yeah, 100%. And I feel like just almost circling back to the the whole cultural differences as well sometimes as a person of color you're you don't know how someone perceives you in a workplace literally because of those certain differences so like i mentioned before like english people are way more subtle or like almost backhanded in Mm -hmm. the way they may say something or come across whereas like in my like origin my cultural origin is more direct so <laughs> just for instance like an auntie will be like ah you're fat you you <laughs> you know i mean mm. you're fat you're putting on weight like what's going on whereas like i don't know your english friend might just be like oh what's going on like oh 
oh, you know, I went to the gym yesterday. Oh my god, it's it's a lot. Like, <laughs> when, when when was the last time you went to the gym? Like, you like the gym? Do you know what I mean? Have you gone to the gym before? Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, that's so but true. It's, it's just yeah. there's like roundabout ways of that's saying funny. things, and it's just like sometimes you don't know how to take in maybe feedback that you're getting um, in the workplace because you don't know whether they're trying to suggest something else or they're just being open and honest or or being direct with you. You're almost trying to decipher what are they actually telling me? Are they telling me that I'm shit at my job? Are they telling me my work's good just to just to appease me and just to not hurt my feelings. Like, yeah. you don't know how to take things. And I think as a person of colour, it's those cultural differences. It's like, damn, I know if my mum wasn't happy with what I'm doing, she'd just straight up cuss me out and tell me I'm shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if my, I don't know if my boss is going to do the same thing or I doubt my boss is going to do the same thing. And mm. if he's not going to do the same thing, then how is he going to tell me this certain information? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. How is he going to convey it? I hear that, especially yeah, especially as a German, you know, we're we're quite a director, yeah, um, yeah, country as well. And then my biggest level of anxiety usually starts when people only give you positive feedback because I'm like, I know that you, there there's <laughs> no way that there's nothing that I could be doing better. Yeah. So we're not having an honest conversation. So therefore, I'm now anxious about what, you know. Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. Are you going to fire me? Like, <laughs> Are you going to fire me because because yeah. I'm do- I'm not doing well enough? Yeah, they'll have that honest conversation behind your back, Flo. Uh, <laughs> so you, you don't worry about that. No, but yeah, um, yeah the, the culture differences are massive. Yeah, just not wanting to ask questions. I agree with you both. I, I just hate looking weak. When I already when I'm already different, I hate looking weird in a situation. There's a lot of fear to make myself stand out even more than I already do to due to the pigment of my skin. Yeah. So it just feels like I ain't gonna say too much in this situation. <laughs> literally. Yeah, literally. It's a stress that I think we all live with and you know, sometimes it's it's hard to articulate. Like I think we've done it quite well just in this conversation, but sometimes it's so hard to articulate the reason why you're behaving the way you're behaving, whether it may be in a meeting or or just the way you're interacting with someone. This is something that we, a lot of us go through and a lot of us go through in silence almost. We just sort of just figure it out for ourselves. And sometimes that can be to our detriment. Sometimes us figuring it out ourselves is actually hurting us more than we realise. And um, that's that's upsetting as well because it's all you almost want to say it's it's kind of not our fault that we feel like we have to go through it ourselves sometimes. And I feel like it's breaking uh, the third wall for our listeners. Yeah, you're not crazy to feel these types of way. Like there, there's a reason why you feel sometimes the world is against you, or things ain't making sense, or conversations are hard because conversations are super hard. It's not easy telling a boss, hey, I'm feeling weird. You know, like, I just don't understand why I'm not comfortable right now. Because it took me many years to really get why I felt, you know, you look back, it's almost like a fever dream, right? You look back at a situation, you're like, damn, now that makes so much sense. I now know know why that happened or whether that person said that because they said that. And it doesn't help that British culture is so confusing and, in in bloody sign language like you don't know what's happening you don't know what someone's trying to tell you 
you know, they say in like the indirects, like your gym reference, your gym I'm there for, they'll say in like bits and bobs, they're like, I kind of told you already, Jonathan. You're like, did yeah. you? I don't remember you telling me. I don't remember you telling me that one. <laughs> no, literally. And you know what's mad though? It's like these bosses that we're talking about, they as well may be suffering from uh, imposter syndrome. So it's like, it's, uh, it's almost like this... Um, secret society of imposter syndrome <laughs> people oh, who deal with imposter so syndrome um and we're all kind of just suffering together but not telling anyone um yeah. and yes. so i feel like yeah man i think the key really is just communicating better and being more open and yeah. um you know what better industry to do it than a creative communications industry and advertising do you know what i mean imagine not being able to communicate <laughs> while doing communications we communicate to people every day, yet we can't yeah. do it in the workplace. Trust me. I think there's also some pragmatic steps that we can take. Like, like for me, for instance, feedback is, is a big, I guess, point of concern, especially, you know, with me trying to learn. So I'm now actively asking for feedback. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to Hannah Kramers, who has, yeah, has been just amazing with kind of teaching me how to best go about it because basically every time we work on a project together I will then ask for 15 to 20 minutes of feedback afterwards and the way that I prepare is I basically list all the things that I think I could be doing better and all the things that I think I did well and then she basically just elaborates on it in that way I feel like we we open up a very honest and open conversation where she also feels comfortable telling me the negative stuff mm. And um, so I think that might, you know, might be helpful f- for someone else who also kind of feels that they're not having these open conversations that kind of leads them to feel like imposter syndrome is a bigger issue. I love that you do that, but at the same time, I don't think it's 100% up to someone to a degree younger in their career mm. and a person of colour to start these conversations, you know, be mm-hmm. like... Because like, it, it does feel like times where you're just having these kind of indirect convos with higher ups and you're like am i supposed to be the one like yeah you know are you managing me or am i managing uh, you so it's a bit like but a lot of the time that's what it feels like right like as as people of color even just being in certain rooms that you feel like you have no place um of being in because of the level of junior that you are yet you're in those conversations because you're a person of color because your opinion is asked I think it's just about navigating. It's reality. Just because it's not happening doesn't mean that, you know, we don't need to navigate, so. 100%. I agree with you. Hey, that's uh, episode three done. Really think that's one of my favorites so far. Yeah, Yeah, man. What a great conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you don't think so, Flo, no. No, no, I I agree. I agree, it was great. But, you know, it's good to laugh after a, a quite deep, emotive convo, you know, just to actually be in a, a better mind frame right now. We've got plans to change up the pod for next episode. Yeah, 100%, man. We want to, um, we're going to bring a guest on, uh, someone from the Familiar Faces, like, group. And we're probably going to, you know, try and switch it up a little bit, you know, after every episode try and get more guests on i know it's only been us three for now but we want to kind of change that up a bit get more perspectives from different people of color not just our own if that sounds like you if you want to get involved in the conversation express yourself and have your feelings known and yeah please get at us we'd love to have you on the podcast and we'd love to hear more from you 
or if you feel like you have someone in mind who you'd love to hear on the podcast as well then yeah please send in your recommendations we'd love to hear from those guys too oh yeah make it happen and thanks for everyone who you know keeps writing and keeps keep giving feedback it's super rewarding and and lovely to hear from everyone yeah yeah we always appreciate the feedback no one's with you has beat shaz the waz yet but you know we're still Shout out, Shaz. <laughs> we miss you <laughs> yeah stay familiar peace yeah you're never acting brand new yeah yeah and you'll always stay true yeah 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 you're never acting brand new yeah stick by me i'll stick by you i'll stick by you Stick by me, I'll stick by you.